Welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena and today I have one of my favourite reviewers with me. Tara's joining Hello. me today. Hi. She looks really embarrassed that I just called her one of my favourite reviewers. No, that's it's, it's like the love embarrassment. It's the, I'm just delighted. Fantastic. I like delighting you, Tara. What can I say? <laughs> so today we are talking about the 10 best audiobooks to get you started. I have five and Tara's done five and we are going to get you onto the audiobook track because I believe every reader deserves a good audiobook. Yes. Tara, how did you get started with audiobooks? I've actually been reading audiobook reading. I've been listening to <laughs> audiobooks for a lot longer than I've been reading Lesfic. First started getting into audiobooks probably more than 10 years ago because I had a co-worker say to me, have you heard of Audible? And I was like, no, what's that? And it kind of changed my life. He shared with me some really incredible literary fiction and nonfiction and got me started. And then when I was for Lesfic, it's probably been in the last six to nine months. I would say I had some audible credits and kind of asked around to hear what were some good ones because, I mean, audible credits are not the cheapest thing in the world. So you want to make sure that you're getting good value for your money. And one of those books made its way onto my list. I didn't know Audible was around for that long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Audible's been around for, I mean, I was using a big chunky iPod at the time to listen to my (laughs) audible books. It's on your phone now. It is on my phone. I use the app. I have a Google Pixel phone and it's pretty great because it also syncs up like I got a new phone over Christmas and it synced up everything that I'd listened to already on it. You just sign in and it's pretty great. Yeah, I also started with Audible, but it was only last year that I really started getting into audiobooks because that was really when audiobooks started becoming more available in the lesbian sector. More publishers and independent companies are getting together and actually producing very, very good audiobooks now in Lesvik. Yeah, and the choice is, it's getting better and better all the time. I think there are, uh, some of our favorite Lesvik publishers are doing a great job of getting the books out there so that you can listen to them. Absolutely. My criteria for my five are as follows. I wanted something different to the usual Lesvik. So every audiobook that I chose for a beginner was something that's got something a little bit different about the story. It's not a very traditional romance. It doesn't have a very traditional kind of plot line or whatever it is, but there's something a little bit different about it. I wanted great narration. I wanted a very engaging story. I wanted an audiobook that you can't put down. One of those that you'll sneak and listen as you tootle off to the bathroom at work because you just have the story mm-hmm. stuck in your head. I don't know what you're talking about. I would never do that. <laughs> I'm a dignified lady. <laughs> I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> No one does. It's because we know you too well. That's true. (laughs) And a really well-produced audiobook was my last criteria. So I wanted excellent narration that works well with the story being told, good editing, good production. You know, I've got an honors degree in film, so I pick up weird little sound problems or like story plot problems and that kind of thing. So I wanted something that's produced well. So that was my criteria. What sort of thing were you looking at when you chose your list? Definitely excellent narration. That was probably the number one criteria for me because I find that a bad narration or a mismatch between the reader and the book will turn me off of something more quickly than anything else with an audiobook. So these are all by readers that 
I loved. And in fact, it's all my favorite readers that are on these. There are also just books, like stories that I loved. If I'm not going to love the story, then I'm not going to recommend it to all of you wonderful listeners. There are some traditional romances on this list, but for me, they are also books that I would put in my own personal top 10 romances list. So if you're going to listen to a romance, you might as well listen to the best of the best. I did also include a couple that aren't your typical traditional contemporary romance as well, just in case that's not your thing. Yeah, those are my criteria. All right, so let's get going with your first recommendation. Oh, my first one. It's so good. It's so Okay, I'm probably going to do that for every book. Why, why would I do that for the first one? Okay, so my first book is Just Jory by Robin Alexander, which is a wonderful, hilarious contemporary romance. And in fact, if somebody said like, what's the best book for kind of getting into the lesbian genre? I like romance. I want something that's easy to read. Just Jory would be at the top of that list for me. It is about, actually, good timing. We're recording this in January. It takes place, there's a snowstorm um, and these two women are stranded in the airport and they need to get back home. And I'm being vague with where the airport is and where their home is because I can't remember off the top of my head. But <laughs> too much honesty. I probably didn't have to say that. <laughs> um, regardless, um, so they have a long car drive ahead of them. And as they're driving, they kind of get to know each other and they have some antics that happen along the way and the one woman is straight or at least she always thought she was she's a business executive and the the, uh her travel companion is definitely not straight and is kind of more of a blue collar background and the more they get to know each other and the more they spend time together it's it's pretty obvious that jory is attracted to the other one that's why i love the title just jory because it's that question of is she gay or is it just the woman that she's with. And it's just this delightful book, much like some of Robin Alexander, some of other books, there's a pretty full cast of side characters between all of Jory's family members and friends. And it's very, very funny, but in a way that is very warm. Like it's a very, it's a very warm humor. It's something that you can really get into. It's never, it's never mean. It's a very, very sweet and light. And it's just a really fun book and I highly recommend it. And I know you like and it too. I agree with you. It's absolutely, if you are starting with one book, go start with that one. But I knew you'd have it on your list, so I didn't put it on mine. Otherwise it would totally be on my list. But it's also got my favorite narrator. Lisa Corleone of The Sexy Voice. Amen. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> she, but you know what, actually, let's, let's talk about that. Because I didn't mention the narration, but... Lisa Cordelione is a perfect pick for this book. Her voice is very well suited to it. And I think, you know what, thumbs up to Dog Ear because they did a great job pairing the perfect reader to the perfect book. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. Okay. My first pick is Courting the Countess by Jenny Frame. This one is a dramatic romance. And I say dramatic romance because you get two types of romances in my world. You get the very sweet, gentle ones without the drama. And then you get the ones that I love, which is the, oh my gosh, how can they be so silly and do that to each other romances. That's what I consider the dramatic romances. The ones where you want to put the book down because you can't believe they just said that. The high angst. Yes, those. Best kind of romance for me. So this is one of those. 
And the story is thus. I'm going to read the blurb. Professor of archaeology, Harry Knight becomes Countess of Axdale upon her father's death and takes a sabbatical from Cambridge University to begin refurbishing the long-neglected and run-down Axdale Hall. Whew, that's a long sentence. The <laughs> child of a loveless marriage, witness to her father's infidelities and her mother's pain, Harry has no intention of ever falling in love. So Harry is the typical commagine, uh I'd say it's a very good thawing the ice queen kind of romance. Except I would call this more Taming the Beast because I tend to call the butch, when it's the butch character that's kind of the ice queen, it's less of an ice queen and more of a, a beast. Yeah, you know what? I think that makes sense. I think yeah. that actually, I think that actually works really well too because it kind of, I don't know, it feels weird calling someone super butch an ice queen. That's the thing. I agree with yeah. that. Okay. On the flip side, we've got Annie Brennigan and she's a survivor, remaining positive through hardships. As an agency housekeeper, she moves from post to post with her daughter, Riley, taking care of people who have everything she will never have. Annie's greatest wish is to find a happy ever after. Can love restore the Countess's heart and the crumbling Axdale Hall, or will the first foundations of love turn to dust? Wait, are you telling me that this is a rich girl, poor girl one too? It's a rich girl, poor girl. It's a mom. It's a, whatever you call like, because she's a countess. The one is a countess. So it's like a royal and servant kind of thing. This sounds like my crack. It, it, this is so good. And the, the audiobook is awesome. So Jenny Frame. Have you read Jenny Frame? I read the first one in that series. Uh, what was it called? A royal, a royal Romance? Now, Courting the Countess is, like, I enjoyed A Royal Romance. So don't get me wrong. You can totally go get that audiobook. That was also great fun. But Courting the Countess was just, you know when that book just slots into place and it just fits all the wonderful things about dramatic romances that you go, oh my god, yes, I can't believe they're doing this. It's one of those. Woof, I'm excited. And the narration was great. I can't remember who narrated it, but I really loved it. Got some nice accents going, and there's just the most charming cast of side characters. Absolutely get this one. Okay, so that's my first pick. What's your next pick? My next pick is Jericho by Anne McMahon, which, you know what? I bet all of you listening to this have read it because I was the last person on the planet to finally read this book. It's a, it's a pretty big favorite for a lot of people. But if you haven't read it, or even if you have, and you like to... Uh, when you're rereading, you like to listen, you should definitely pick this up. But for the other, okay, maybe there's one or two of you who haven't read it yet. For those one or two of you, this is a friends to lovers romance that's a very slow build and a very slow burn because we get to actually see the friendship form before we ever see the, the relationship, the romantic relationship happen. So Sid Murphy's marriage has fallen apart and she's putting the pieces back together in the small town of Jericho, Virginia. She's there to set up their local library, and that's kind of her temporary gig while she tries to figure out what she's going to do with the rest of her life. But on her way into town, she has car trouble, and this attractive woman helps her out. And when she's in town, she finds out that that's the doctor, Maddie Stevenson, who many a woman has a big crush on. <laughs> Not in the book, I mean in real life. Everybody has a crush on Maddie for good reason. <laughs> So um, Maddie actually hasn't been back in Jericho for very long. She is the town doctor, but her father was the town doctor before her. He's passed away within the last year or two. She's taking over his practice. Maddie is gay 
and knows it. And she also knows that Sid is straight and was married to a man who's quite the jerk. And so as they, as their friendship grows, her feelings for Sid become a little problematic to her because she's falling for a straight woman until boom, the straight woman falls for her too. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of the, you can say that about a lot of books, boom, the straight woman falls for her too. Uh, (laughs) Well, that is the Um, ultimate thing in in Toaster Oven, Lesfic. Tara, do you realize both your picks have been Toaster Oven so far? I know, I just did. And what's funny is that when I put these together in the, because I actually did my list, um, like boom, 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 in this Google Doc, and I didn't even think putting them next to each other, but they are both toaster oven stories. So, okay, so the thing with Jericho is, I'm not going to say it's Anne McMahon's best book, because she's written, uh, it's her first book, and she's written better, stronger, tighter books, but it's still a wonderful book. It's also very, like, it's quite funny. It's very lovely. It's very gentle. Um, And I don't often see friends to lover stories where we see the friendship first. And so I really enjoy that about this book. So that I truly believe when they get together, I know that they know each other. I know that they're compatible. It's not like, it's, it's rare that I like an insta love book because with those ones, I'm like, well, how? Okay, but can they actually survive in a relationship? They've known each other for three minutes versus I know that Maddie and Sid will be together forever and ever because they know each other. They understand each other's quirks. They're just a good couple together. And actually, part of why I put this book of Anne McMahon's on the list, even though it's not my very favorite, is that it's a really long book. It's about 20 hours. So if you have the need of a very long book if you are driving across the country or just have a lot of stuff to do in a weekend and you really want to sink into something this is the perfect book for that because a book that's six or seven hours long is great but sometimes it's really nice to have one to escape into and this actually I've listened to Jericho more than once and I love it more each time Christine Williams is the reader And she actually reads all of the audiobooks for Anne McMahon and is perfection. I would follow Christine Williams around just to listen to her speak, but maybe don't tell her that. (laughs) I'm still going to tag her, you know, on Twitter or something. Hey, look, we're fangirling. (laughs) Sorry, Christine Williams. I don't actually know you or where you are, and I promise I won't follow you around. How about that? So it's, it's romance. Toast oven. Is that it? It is. It's, I mean, it's not a, I don't feel like it's a book that fits easy into a category. It, it is romance technically, I guess, but I feel like it also kind of keeps a foot in the general fiction realm and it has a sequel. So if you find that 20 hours isn't enough for you, you can also get Aftermath, which is fantastic and actually is definitely a general fiction. Like at that point, McMahon stepped away from romance for it. And I thought that was a really bold move, but it was one that worked really, really well. Did you just sneak in another book? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> also, get Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> just get every, get every McMahon book that you can on audit. Listen, okay, I can't. You told me five books. So, yeah, if you're going to get an Anne McMahon book on audio and you want a long book, get Jericho. If you want a 
less long book. Not all of her books are on audio. Backcast is very good. Um, and Who's Your Daddy is also excellent if you want something funnier. I snuck them all! <laughs> you snuck in three extra books, Tara, you naughty little minx. Okay, that's enough. What's your next book or four are you going to sneak some into? No, I'm not sneaking in any. So the next one is For a Moment's Indiscretion by K.A. Mole. Now, this is such a cool audiobook because up until now, Mole has been kind of traipsing around in the romance genre, but what she does is she writes damaged characters. So women who have gone through really traumatic stuff in their past and are now kind of working through it. But they find love, and with love, they discover that they can be okay. It's not quite that simple, because Mole also comes from a therapy background, so she understands the process. So all her characters work through it with therapists and so on. But anyway, this one's different, though. This one's primarily a thriller. She used two of her characters from her previous book, Soulmates, took them 10 years down the line, and said, okay, now let's put them in a thriller setting. They have marriage difficulties, but that's really the only kind of traumatic event in the book, if you like. So this is the the concept of the book. With 10 years of marriage under their belt, Zane and Jane are coasting. The little things they used to do for one another have fallen by the wayside. They've gotten busy with life. They've forgotten to nurture their love and relationship. Even soulmates can stumble on hard times and have material difficulties. At 47, both are successful professionals. Jane is an associate professor in a renowned school of social work. Zane is a pastor for a large congregation. They have two kids, and one of them is in juvenile detention, and the other's anxious. When Zane joins the faculty of seminary, in addition to her full-time job responsibilities, she's short on time and neglects Jaina. Enter Amelia, a new faculty Uh member in Jaina's building. She's new in town, she's young, she's pretty, and she's hot for Jaina. Interestingly, what the blurb does not tell you is things spiral really badly out of control between Jaina and Amelia. And because Jaina's been pulling away from Zane, she doesn't feel like she can talk to Zane about stuff, and things just go wrong. Turns out Amelia is not what Jaina thought. So I classify this one as a thriller with a side of rediscovering love. It's not a traditional Ah. romance, but it's fast-paced, it keeps you on the edge of the seat, and I didn't see a lot of the twists coming. It was great fun. What about the narration? Narration was very good. Mole uses the same narrator in all her books. I forget her name offhand now. Is it Emily Barris? Yes. No, she was really good in Mole's work. It's almost like the two of them work really well together. Like I could I could almost hear KA's writing style as if it was written for Beresford. It was actually quite an amazing thing. Anyway, this audiobook actually I enjoyed it so much it made my top ten list for last year's books in total. Like all the books I read or listened to last year. This one was on that list of my top 10 favorites. Do you have to have read Soulmates to check this one out? Not at all. Soulmates was a very different kind of a thing. So I suspect a lot of people who have read Soulmates will be surprised by this. So I wouldn't even recommend it. I would rather say just go with this one if you're looking for a thriller. Know that they have a history, but it's not actually important. That's pretty cool. That sounds really good. It is. What's your next pick? Or three? Or five? All right, listen, I'm not sneaking I'm not sneaking any others in this one because I can't, because she doesn't have any others yet. Okay. There might be some more sneaking later, though. Stay tuned. So my next pick is Finding the Grain by Wynn Malone. And this is definitely not a traditional romance, and I think it unfairly um, got some not as positive as they should be reviews 
that I've seen on Goodreads and Amazon because I think people expected it to be a romance. And it's not. I mean, there is a romance that's there and it's kind of a second chance romance, but it's really more of a coming of age book. And it shows how, you know, coming of age doesn't always happen in high school and it doesn't always happen quickly. So this book is about Augusta Blue Riley. She gets called Blue, kind of that's what everybody calls her. And she's about to start college. Her parents recently passed away. They were killed in a tornado. Her aunt talks her into going to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill so that she can be closer to her, promising to support her if she wants to move back to Alabama later on for veterinary school. And Blue's lonely because she doesn't know anybody there. She's left kind of her local support system. She's had to leave her friends, the people she grew up around. But she quickly falls for a sorority girl, Grace Lancaster. Because it's the early 80s, Grace is from a wealthy family too. They have to hide their relationship, even though quite a deep love grows between them. Blue doesn't expect it when Grace breaks up with her. It sounds like I'm spoiling something, but this is all on the back cover, so rest assured I'm not spoiling anything. And Blue is devastated when that happens. Grace is her whole world. And so she takes off to Kentucky for a summer job. And then from there, instead of going back to school in the fall, she hits the road again. And that's kind of her pattern for 20 years. She doesn't settle anywhere. She doesn't stay with any one woman. And then she finally ends up in Mississippi with Preacher Roe and his wife, Mary. And she stops running and she takes up woodworking and kind of makes her peace with what happened with Grace. And eventually shows up back in North Carolina setting up a shop because she's quite amazing at the woodworking. And one day Grace shows up unannounced and Blue has to figure out what she actually wants. And it's just this wonderful, wonderful book. It kind of, in some ways, despite the fact that it takes place in a totally different time with totally different types of people, it reminded me a little bit of Tipping the Velvet it, because it has that, like, the story moves from place to place. And I think that's a strength of it. So to get back to what I was saying with the coming of age, for Blue, it takes 20 years because she's running from, I don't even know if she knows what she's running from. She's just running. And it's when she finally kind of calms down and stays in one place for long enough with people who love her. Like Preacher Roe and Mary are kind of like the parents that she lost. Even though she's a white woman from Alabama and they're a black couple from Mississippi, it's this beautiful relationship that lets um, Blue allow herself to heal. And for the narration, it's Amber Benson is the narrator. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because she played Tara on Buffy and she is phenomenal. So I mean, in, in the case of books that I would recommend just based on the narrator, this is at the very top of my list because does she act all the parts out <laughs> so well? Each person is really distinct and she does the different regional accents very, very well. And I just think this is a gem of a book that should get more attention than it has. I like that it's something very different like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, there there is kind of some element of romance to it, but like if you're looking for a traditional romance and you pick this up, you might not be happy because Blue kind of sleeps with a lot of women between her two times uh, with Grace. And I know that that's a thing that really bothers people, really bothers romance readers is if like a relationship has started and sleeping with somebody else. and it's But that's not the kind of book it is. And that kind of is life. Is it very literary? I don't think so. I didn't, I, I've never read it on my Kindle. Um, I only ever listened to it. 
and if I pick it up again, it would be to listen to it again. So it is definitely one that I would, like, I feel no urge to get it for my Kindle. So I would also recommend that people pick up, definitely pick up the audio for this versus the, um, the physical book, I guess. What about you? What's your book three? A Pirate's Heart by Catherine Friend. This pirate sounds good. It's an adventure mystery. Now, Friend actually narrates this herself. Oh. And she does a spectacular job. Accents and everything. It's actually just quite amazing. So basically, there are two stories in this audiobook, which is one of the things I love most about it. And the first is the story of a pirate captain, a female pirate captain, like way back in the day. And she picks up a slave. And there's a whole thing around it, but she picks up the slave. And there's a small little romance between them, but it's really more of an adventure. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, you've got a modern day kind of mystery adventure going on. The modern day story goes like this. When rare book librarian Emma Boyd searches for a pirate's long lost treasure map, she learns the hard way that pirates still exist in today's world. And some modern pirates steal maps, others steal hearts. So what happens is she's a librarian and they discover that somebody's going around and stealing maps from old books in libraries all over the US. And the maps that are being stolen could lead to a long lost treasure by a female pirate captain, Captain Tommy Ferris. Flip the story, you get to see what actually happened to Captain Tommy Ferris. That's pretty cool. It's very cool. So the librarian joins forces with a private investigator to see if they can track down the map thief. And I could not see the, the big twists coming in either of the, the storylines. And it was beautifully narrated and the stories, both stories were entirely individual and unique and really cool. So I just loved it. Loved every second of it. There's another dog ear audio production. You want a pirate adventure? You want a modern mystery adventure? With a tiny little bit of romance on both stories, get this one. Stop giving me books to listen to. I say that like it's actually a problem. Okay, that does actually sound like one that I should check out. It sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It's it's tons of fun. Okay, so what's your book four? Oh, book four. Book four is one that I know that both of us love. And it is Wild by Megan O'Brien. It's a paranormal romance with a pretty heavy emphasis on the romance. But at the same time, it's got all the you know, sexiness that we would expect from a Megan O'Brien book. Celine Rhodes lives alone and she stays away from people as much as possible. She actually pays escorts to tie her to, well, one, whatever. She pays escorts to tie her to a table once a month um, so that she can't hurt anybody when the full moon comes out and it forces her to shift into an inhuman creature. She doesn't know what that is but she knows that when she was younger she did some kind of damage and she just doesn't want to hurt anybody it opens with the new girl refusing to tie her up as tightly as she wants and so the next morning she wakes up in golden gate park and she finds a dead woman and is quickly relieved to figure out that she's actually not responsible for killing this woman so she goes home kind of cleans up and when she comes back to call in an anonymous tip from the park she kind of feels this like pull and it's from a woman who's being attacked in another part of the park. So Eve Thomas is a forensic pathologist and she became famous because she caught a serial killer and she wrote a best-selling book about it. And she's out for an early morning walk at Golden Gate Park when she is attacked by a man 
and she's terrified, obviously, um, but she has no idea what to make of it when a wolf saves her. Shortly after that, a beautiful woman actually comes out and walks her home, and she feels this powerful attraction to this woman whose name happens to be, I'm sure you guessed it, Celine, and they start a romance together. Celine knows that she can't tell Eve that she's a shifter, because, I mean, how do you even, how do you tell someone about that? How do you explain that? And she knows that she should stay away, but she can't. She's actually already attached to just soul deep level. It becomes clear pretty quickly that Eve's attacker was the person who murdered the woman in the park. And actually, also, he's fixated on Eve. So Celine has to keep her safe. So it's, it is a paranormal romance. It also has a serial killer thing going on. So it's a fairly dark book. And I mentioned the sexiness, and it's definitely there. But at the same time, I would actually say it's one of the less important, for me anyway, it was one of the less important elements of the book. Like everything else was so good and the sex writing was good too. So I mean, if you want a sexy audiobook, this is definitely a good one for you to pick up. But it's just a really excellent paranormal romance and a really good, like the thriller side of it was really good too. I thought, I don't know. What do you think? I love that she wasn't just a werewolf. That she shapeshifted into pretty much anything she could think of. Okay. How does that work? I want to know how that works. But how awesome is that? It's so awesome. One of my favorite parts was like when she shapeshifted into like some sort of bug. And then O'Brien explained like that her senses were different and the way her brain worked was different. So she had to really concentrate when she was a bug or whatever it is. And I was just like, this is so brilliant. The thing about O'Brien, mostly I can kind of take or leave sex scenes in a book because I don't feel like they actually achieve any kind of character work or anything really other than, okay, they finally hooked up very often. But O'Brien does it in such a way that sex becomes part of the character's journey almost. So with this book, there was actually a scene where she was really horny because it was close to the full moon and like all her thoughts around the sex and so on were very telling of character and narrative and, and how she worked through that and how they, as they became closer as a couple, those insecurities would kind of be put to rest. Yes. But O'Brien uses sex as a kind of a, a tool, a, a relationship tool, a tool to, to tell the story. And I think that's what I really appreciated about her book. Yeah. It was a smart story too, like a really interesting serial killer narrative going on inside there. Yeah, and I think in that way... It does stand out from the rest of her books because, like, when I look at them, they're either fairly erotic, like 13 Hours or The Night Off, or kind of a more contemporary romance, like Camp Rewind or Battle Scars. And none of them have that darkness about them. And I mean, I know it's a paranormal one, but that doesn't necessarily always mean that it's going to be dark. Like, I don't think... I, I don't think Jill McKnight's um, series is particularly dark and it's paranormal. So I think I just appreciated seeing her versatility because this was actually, I listened to it a couple months ago and I had been holding out because I didn't like the idea of not having any more Megan O'Brien books to read. And then I couldn't hold out any longer. And it was so rewarding to listen to it. And it was so, it was so good. And the reader... I think her name is Alexandra Wild or Alexandria Wild or something like that. Oh, 
my. She was so, so good. Speaking of sexy voices, and if you want more of her voice paired with Megan O'Brien, she reads the night off as well, which make sure you got your headphones in for that one because it's also a real good one, but it's real filthy. <laughs> so, okay. all right, what's your book for? Wild is one that you put me on to because you were listening to it. You loved it so much. I was like, okay, I'm going to go find it. And that's actually why I listened to Wild. And then we loved it so much that we made it the February book club book. It's true. How could you not do, how could you not do something with soulmates for Valentine's Day? Even if there's... That was actually part of why I liked the idea of it because Valentine's Day is in February. And soulmates. But, I mean, you know, serial killer book for Valentine's Day is weird. Whatever. Anyway, what's your book for? My book four is Holy Hell by Elizabeth Sims. Now, I'm going to put a disclaimer on this. This is not the best book in the series, but it is the beginning of the series. So listen to Holy Hell because it gives you a foundation of what happens next. I actually think books two and three and four are much better than book one. Book one is good, but it gets so good after this that this is why I've put this on the list. It's a, a mystery and detective. And I say detective very loosely because she's not a detective in the police kind of sense. She's a detective in the reporter kind of sense. Lillian Bird is the main character and she is hilarious. She's a small-time reporter with a flair for making big-time mistakes like getting fired for fending off her boss's son with an exacto knife and breaking up with her girlfriend for no good reason. So her investigation into the disappearance of a woman in the Detroit area might not be the best idea. So when one of the missing women turns up dead, then Lillian recognizes the corpse. And so she goes off because she realizes she saw this woman in a lesbian bar. So she goes off to the lesbian bar and starts a kind of an informal investigation because she's determined to write a story that she can sell now that she's all out of a job. Anyway, she taps into the most interesting underworld. And this is why I love this series. Elizabeth Sims writes underworld and subculture novels that fascinate me. So as she's discovering more and more things about this this particular subculture and why these women are being killed, like I was just floored by the, the interesting nature of this. This book is a fun listen, but the series it's in its whole is what I'm actually putting on this list. <gasps> you snuck more books in! <laughs> Sneaker. So I was hoping so, you wouldn't notice. <laughs> Listen, I'm a smart woman. Does it all take place in the Detroit area? Most of it. In this, I think it's the second book. She goes off to some golfing event, which is in Florida, I think it is, and most of it takes place there or sort of around there. Lillian Bird is just the most fascinating character, and she has a rabbit as a pet, and. Sims writes the most beautiful relationship between this rabbit and Lillian Bird. And there's sort of side characters that that come into play. Like there's a butch that's completely in love with Lillian. Like she'll walk up to Lillian and just stare at her and sort of declare her love to, to Lillian. And Lillian's like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. But, you know, we can be friends. And then so she'll pitch up <laughs> in book two and three and then... Book four, she finally finds somebody else to place her affection on, you know? This is why I start with the first one, because the characters will reappear. Even though each one is a very standalone story, uh-huh. you'll get a sense of, of the characters. And Detroit, as she writes it, is yeah. 
why would you want to live there? That's actually part of why I want to check it out, though. I grew up right across the border from Detroit. So when I hear about Les Fix set there, I my little ears perk up and I get real interested. <laughs> well, let's just say that in this book, she manages to make Detroit sound like the worst place ever on earth to live. Like, why would you ever be live there? And Lillian Bird is the most offbeat heroine with the most unlucky streak. Every time she falls in love, bad things happen. It's it's a fabulous read. I mean, listen. It's a fabulous listen, but as a series. Because it really does get really good. Not that this is a bad one. This is a good audiobook, but it's just... It's, it's not as really good as the next ones that come. Yeah, I get it. I mean, that's kind of what I was saying about Jericho, how it's not as good as Anne McMahon's other books, but, you know, start there. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. You're a risky friend. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're a risky friend to have. <laughs> well, considering that you started off, you know, following my reviews because I recommend awesome stuff, is this surprising? That's true. That's not. I know. I know. Let's just... Okay. Anyway, it's fine. All right, last book. Last book. Okay, so just like I had one of my favorites as the first book on my list, I have one of my favorites as the last book on my list to recommend. The last one that I'm going to say is a great place to get started is Too Close to Touch by Georgia Beers. This is one of my very, very favorite romances, and this is also... It's tied for first place with her most recent for my favorite of all of Georgia Beers' books. Kylie O'Brien is a hopeless romantic. She is still single in her late 30s because she won't settle for anything other than true love. Her best friend Mick has been waiting for years for Kylie to fall in love with her, but Kylie just doesn't feel that way. What she doesn't expect is to fall for her new boss, Gretchen Kaiser, who is the ultimate ice queen. But Kylie just kind of can't seem to help it. So that's sort of the, the basis there. I love Gretchen and Kylie. I love them so much. They are one of my favorite lesbian couples. And I think it's because I love workplace romances. I love workplace romances where you're falling in love with the wrong person because it's, you know, a boss-employee situation. There's a bit of an age gap there, which I also love. I mean, I don't know. Is Ice Queen the right way to put it? Like... Gretchen Kaiser's a bitch. Like, she just... She's... She is not an easy manager to for anyone to have. She's very hard on her sales team, and she's not afraid to kind of humiliate people to get them to, to fall into line. And Kylie sees all this, and she knows all of this. But there's this sort of irresistible pull between them that is so fun to read. And... I don't know. I just love it. I love them. And Abby Creighton is the narrator. She does a fabulous job. She reads a lot of her books. And actually, I think she reads a lot of Radcliffe's books. And But she's kind of perfect for this book because she has the voice that I would imagine Gretchen would have. So I definitely, again, if you like romance, you just want kind of an easy place to start. This is a great, this is a great book. Is the bus reciprocating this this romance was one-sided for a while no I think she reciprocates like Kylie's super hot I mean unsurprisingly as it is a romance and everybody in romances they're always super hot right and so we do see a little bit of Gretchen kind of grappling with that you know telling herself to get it together because she shouldn't be hitting on her EA 
until she hits on her EA. <laughs> well, okay, I don't know if it happens quite like that. But there is a scene in her office after a celebratory pizza party, which doesn't sound like the sexiest time, but, you know, it actually kind of is the sexiest time <laughs> for these two. I don't know, it's, it's, really, it's really good. It's a really fantastically done romance with characters that, um, like Gretchen also has a really good character arc. And I think who she is at the end, because of, you know, the love of a good woman, is not who she is at the beginning, which I always like. All right, what's your last book? Did, did you save the best for last? No, I didn't actually put these in any kind of order, because these are all okay. just so good that they'd all be kind of number ones for me, you know? Yeah. But, okay, the last one on my list is Taken by Storm by Kim Baldwin. It's pure action. There's a little a teeny tiny little nugget of romance but honestly this is an action book and it's just so much fun because it's an unusual action now if you want an action book get a bold one it's pretty much just that simple okay so here's the premise lives depend on two women when a train derails high in the remote alps but an unforgiving mountain avalanches crevices and other perils stand between them and safety and that's pretty much what the story's about so it's about a reporter Hudson Mead, and she's an extreme sports enthusiast. She goes all over the world to disaster zones and loves the adrenaline rush of reporting from, you know, war zones and disaster zones and you name it, like the bad side of the world, makes her excited. And then on the other hand, you've got a librarian. It's her first trip abroad. She wants to hone her rock climbing skills in an unfamiliar terrain and it's ice and snow and she's she's an experienced climber in some regards, but she's never climbed ice not like this so when the train derailed a whole lot of people are left dead injured and they have to go from the wreckage of the train to find help the two women that happens about i'd say about 60 percent into the story maybe even 70 percent into the story the first part of the story is getting to know the characters the accident actually happening then what happens on the train before they have to you know go off to adventure so it's a full adventure action novel and don't expect everything in ice and snow just expect a really great action with two very different women and kind of complementary skill sets so i read this one on the kindle when it came out and i also loved it like woof, what a journey but how is it in audio fabulous narration tons of fun i would absolutely listen to it i think i might have listened to it like straight through because i just enjoyed it so much oh wow yeah so it's like you know it's eight hours or whatever it is so first thing in the morning you start listening and then geez i've got a lot of washing to do today and oh maybe i'll do dishes <laughs> now and you know <laughs> and the house was sparkling when it was over hmm. nice choice i think that any human being on earth can find a really good audiobook based on the 10 that we gave them now absolutely this covers pretty much every possibility in terms of your tastes. Yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty good broad selection of what's available in Lesfic. I mean, if you need more recommendations, you can find us on Twitter. But really, come on. We've got you like weeks worth of listening all right here. I think it's a bit more than that even here. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> we get 10 brilliant audiobooks you need to, to really listen to. And then from there... You'll have a really good sense of who does what kind of narration, who tells what kind of stories, and who produces the audiobooks that you like. And that's really how it works. 
And all of these are available on Audible, which I'm a big fan of because you pay a monthly subscription price and then you get a new audiobook every month that you can choose from. And this month I got two audiobooks because there was a special one. So for one credit, you got two audiobooks and there was actually Lesvik in this particular sale, which I was thrilled about. Nice. Did you see the sale? I did not. I try not to look at these things so that I don't buy extra books. Yeah, so my credit came in, then I wait. This is the trick with Audible. You wait a couple of days after your credit comes in because they're going to recommend all sorts of things to you based on your wish list and based on stuff, but you wait for the sale because there's generally a sale once a month where they do the two-for-one thing. But up until now, there haven't been Lesvik books. Now I see Lesvik books are starting in the sale, so I'm very excited because I'm hoping that they're going to continue. Yeah, that needs to happen. We need that. Um, come on, man. We need to get Lesvik sales too. Like It's hard enough finding it in the first place, which we have now helped you with with this. But to actually find it in a cost-effective way is even better because not everybody can afford to pay full price for these things. Absolutely. And audiobooks are expensive. But when you consider the production that has to go into it, and the narrator yeah. needs to be paid, and the, the amount of time that it takes to edit it, actually it's uh-huh. worth it. And honestly, I've re-listened to Courting the Countess about three times now. I've re-listened to A Pirate's Heart like three times now. I go through my um, Anne McMahon re-listens every four months or so. <laughs> I'll just listen yeah. to all of them. And I know even what chapters particularly I like, so I'll sometimes just go back to those chapters. and. <sighs> yeah. See, this is why, this is why we're friends. <laughs> Thanks very much, Tara. Your list of 600 books is much appreciated. <laughs> You're welcome. That was a lot of fun. I love sharing. And Tara has her own show. She's got Les Do Books, which appears every alternate Friday. So it's the Lesbian Review, which is my podcast on one Friday. Then the next Friday is Les Do Books. And Tara does some fantastic things. She interviews authors once a month. And then the other podcast for the month is the book club read where she talks about the book club for the month. And you can join her book club on Facebook. I'll put the link in the show notes. Terry, you were awesome. Thank you very much. And this has been the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena. I'm Tara. And go listen to audiobooks now. Yeah.